Hi, this is Mark with The Living Room Podcast. What you're going to hear today is part two of our previous question mark episode. So before you listen to this one today, make sure you go back and listen to part one. Hope you enjoy our conversation. Um, so then we're going to move on now to the, to the third practice, which is sharing mission. Uh, and this, uh, just to kind of remind from what Mark talked about earlier, sharing mission is the idea specifically of reaching those who don't yet know Christ. Yeah. Um, it's not about meeting the needs of the people who are already believers. This is about specifically sharing the gospel. You might, you know, call this evangelism um, in a more traditional sense. So right. uh, let's talk a, a little bit about m- maybe what that looks like in a house church context. And I think at least for, for me, I'll give some probably good and not so great examples of how we've tried to do this in the past. Sure. Yeah. And, and again, I want to go back to, to, to scripture, right? Because when it comes to these four practices, these aren't things we're just making up. These are things that we see Jesus embodying these pa- these practices, but then we see him instructing his disciples to live out these practices, devoting themselves to apostles' teaching, the truth of God's word. I want to bring this out again because Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 3, he said, all scripture right, is given by inspiration of God right, for correction, rebuke, instruction, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So if you're going to love your church well, your house church well, it, you need to be in the in, in God's word mm-hmm. because God's word is going to equip you for that work of loving the people well in your church, in mm-hmm. your house church. God's word is going to be what's going to equip you to know how to reach the lost and those who need Jesus. So again, everything is coming back and flowing out of the truth of God's word. I, I just want to hammer that home. Absolutely, I think that's so important. So God's word must be paramount in a house church setting. It will drive how you live, it will drive how you love, and it will drive how you live out the mission of Jesus. And so, what Amen. does it look like to live out the mission of Jesus, right? As you're talking about more evangelism kind of thinking, man, it, it just takes so many different forms. Um, there's, I think, more the personal piece of sharing mission, where maybe you are, um, I'll just take an example, my wife, Andrea, when we moved into our neighborhood, man, it, sh- it, it can just begin with a conversation, like you mm-hmm. said earlier, Joseph, just listening. So often, one of, the, one of the best things that you could ever do in your evangelism is to close your mouth <laughs> and just listen to people's stories. Let people hear let, hear a person's story and trust the spirit that as you hear that person's story to give you then the words to say mm-hmm. where the gospel can bring hope and truth into their story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it looks like just listening to a neighbor. It, it's intentionality. It's having neighbors over for a meal or, it, um, you know, it's it's... I don't know, you guys have done this. We've done this. Man, it's trick-or-treat night. Man, we're going to be out in our community trick-or-treat night. Why? Because we want to be visible, right? And we want to give really good mm-hmm. candy, too, <laughs> right? Because we're, we're, we want to do everything to bring honor and glory to God. So, mission looks like just being visible, being present. You know, we've talked about in the previous episodes, the ministry of availability, Christians, we've got to slow down. You've got to be available for people in your neighborhood, for people in your workplace, so that we, so that when, when they need someone 
to listen to them and to help them in their time. You're there. You're present enough for them to be able to, to listen to them. So I think listening, having people in your home, it's just having conversation with people nearby, whether it be at work. Um, it, again, it's it's looking at your life like a missionary. What would a missionary? You're visiting the same coffee shops, uh, you know, all the time, getting to know people's names for the purpose of just having conversation. And that's what I'll do. And, get, and I go to a village coffee shop in Newtown, about 10 minutes from my home. And I'll give you a spe- specific example. There's this older lady there. She's 89 years of age. He bring, she brings her huge poodle, Lulu, into this coffee <laughs> shop all the time. So I'm sitting next to, to Charlene and Lulu and getting conversation with them. Come to find out she's actually on the board of another church. And, and, and which I don't believe is truly true to scripture and the gospel, get in conversation with Charlene and we're talking about all the cultural issues of the day and, and, you know, all these things. And, 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 and she said, well, you know, I don't think Jesus would be like, would be in agreement, would, would, would I want to clarify for people. You don't mean that her being on the board is not biblical. You mean the church that she is a part of is not biblical. Correct. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for correcting me there. But, you know, she gets into this conversation, we get in this conversation and we start talking about, I, I say, well, actually, you know, the Bible says something differently about this issue, this social issue. And in Romans, if you read Romans 1, actually, right? And and she's like, well, I need, what, what's Romans? Like, she didn't even know Romans was in the Bible, <laughs> you know? And so, but I'm able to have that conversation with Charlene. And so, ever, and I, I said, Charlene, man, I'd love it if you'd read the book of Romans. And when you do, you let me know. And we'll have more conversation. It's a very, you know, 30,000 foot view of that conversation. But I share that with you to say, I've, I know her name because I visit the same place all the time and I do my work there. And I, and so it's, it's those kinds of things, getting mm-hmm. to know people's names, getting to know their struggles, um, building relationships with people. And yes, speaking the truth of the gospel as well. It's mm-hmm. not just, you know, let's just love people. Yeah. Loving people is also pointing them to Jesus. Yeah. Um, because, you know, that's their greatest need is, is their need for him. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think um, to tie that back in, I think because ideally, and I think there probably are a lot of people who are part of very traditional churches doing those same things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think where where house church comes into that is I think it's, just, it's, it's a more natural mindset because of everything else we've already talked about. Our whole lives are built around people and community everything we do sharing you know in the in the first two practices that we talked about are about knowing our neighbors they're about having uh having conversations with the people that are physically in our community uh you know around us and so i think these things then flow more naturally out of out of that because then all of a sudden you're at the local coffee shop you meet someone oh you know so and so i know so and so too you build those and it's just a, a maybe more natural i think let's jump from that now and talk like as a house church yeah. What it, you know, on a because I think there's within again ev- evangelism is, is the churchy word to use. There there's kind of mm-hmm. individual evangelism and there's corporate evangelism. Right. So what is what is that more quote unquote corporate evangelism look like within a house church? Yeah, and and this is what comes to my mind too as we're talking about this. Joseph is like I'll often tell people, listen, people are the program. You're the program. Mm-hmm. You you're the means of God getting the gospel to someone else. And so, uh, to use the example of a lot of times, you know, growing up in church, everything had to happen inside the building. And mm-hmm. so, all the evangelism took place at the building. Mm-hmm. And it was orchestrated by the staff. 
So there's very little involvement, personal involvement for a disciple of Jesus in any way. And we would become so dependent upon the organization to do the evangelism for us when in that really what we're doing is we're missing out on the joy of living out our missionary identity. Yeah. And I think that's the key. And I evangelism in a house church context has absolutely zero to do with getting people to a, physically to a place. Correct. It has nothing to do with getting them to a Sunday morning service. It really doesn't even have anything to do with getting them to a Thursday night house church gathering or a Saturday afternoon house church gathering. Um, obviously that would be great. We're not opposed to that. It's not like a, an only Christians allowed club right. by any means either. But the, what we teach and the, the motives behind it is never, Hey, you go out and build that relationship so they'll come here on this day. Right. It's never about that. It's about you go out and build those relationships so you can give people the hope of Jesus. Right. And then whether they choose to come to our house church or not, we don't really care. I mean, if it, we just want them to be involved with a church. And, and honestly, like, if I have the opportunity to share the gospel with someone I work with that's 30 minutes from my house, they probably shouldn't come to my house right. church. They should get involved in a church in their community, whether that's under the the umbrella of living church or not. Yeah. They should get involved in a church in their community. Then they should start reaching their neighbors, you know, not yeah. to jump ahead to the next, sure. the next practice, right, right. but it's never about getting people to a certain place. And you say, you know, I remember growing up the, the church that I grew up in had an evangelism ministry. And some of that did involve going out and talking to people on the streets, but it was all under the context of we are coming from this church building to talk to you about Jesus. And then the goal is that, that you'll become a Christian. I'm not saying the motives were bad, but but also here's the address to our church we hope to see you on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I don't want to hit that too hard because I do want to make sure that we're emphasizing we believe it's important for people to be involved consistently with a local church. Yeah. And um, we don't want to dismiss that, but the goal of evangelism or of sharing mission is not to get them to a building. Yeah. Listen, there are people who have surrendered their lives to Jesus inside a church building. We're not downing that. All right. But I believe that we could be more effective in sharing the gospel if we could get disciples that are in the building to grab a hold of their missionary identity and to get them out and doing evangelism where they live, work, and play. Yeah. All right. We're going to be a lot more effective when Joseph is seeing himself like a missionary and living that way. And we're releasing him to do that. We're resourcing him to do that, where he sees himself as the program for for sharing the Mm -hmm. gospel rather than becoming dependent upon the church to do Mm -hmm. that for him. Um, And so, yeah. So sharing mission, you know, there's that personal piece where, man, you are just in. You are seeing your life like a missionary. Jesus said this. Again, I've said it before in other episodes. I'll say it again. When he calls the disciples, he says, come follow me for I'm going to do what? I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Mm -hmm. He was not only calling them to be his disciple. He was telling them what he was going to turn them into, a missionary. And I'm so passionate about this because I believe it it is the missing link Mm -hmm. for the church to getting the gospel uh, out. And it is for the church to grab a hold of their missionary identity that Jesus has given to us. So, what's sharing mission look like? It looks like you individually seeing yourself like a missionary, engaging people in your neighborhood, your workplace, like a missionary. But there's also that corporate piece where Mm -hmm. as a house church, you know, like you said earlier, hey, maybe we have a neighbor that doesn't know Jesus and they have a need. All right, hey, I'm going to talk to my house church and say, hey, can some of us go over there and help meet that need? Mm-hmm. You know, he needs work on his in his garage or he needs whatever, you know, it might be. So, some of us are going to go over to my neighbor's house and we're going to help him mm-hmm. if he's open to that. It might be um, we have a, a racetrack here in Cincinnati, a couple of them. 
Belterra racetrack and there's a chaplain down there and there's so many needs down there and so our house church what so many needs amongst the workers who work with the horses that there's a whole world behind the racetrack that <laughs> most people don't even know about and we didn't realize this till a few years ago but they need things like boots and socks and different things and so we have taken a collection in our house church at times to help meet some of those needs so that's what it looks like it, it does look like meeting a physical need but the purpose for that is to build that relationship so that you can share with them the spiritual need, about their spiritual yep. need. Um, and so, sharing mission, there's those corporate things that you do, those collective things that you do as a, as a church, uh, as a house church, where, hey, here's a need in our local community. Hey, our community is doing a trash pickup day. We're going to go do that. You know, we're going to be part of that community thing, mm -hmm. and we're going to be part of that as a house church, because we want our community to see that we are for this city. Mm -hmm. Because we know Jesus is for this city. And and so through that, build relationships. Maybe we'll see the people that we were walking alongside, picking up trash with date, later in the community and be able to have an opportunity for more, more of that. Um, so anyway, I don't, those are some, some different, yeah. there's loads of different ways. It's yeah. an intentionality, really. Well, and I think that's, that is what it is. It's like if, if in, in your house church, you know, your community, you know, the needs that, that, that exists there. And by being, again, hitting on that, being in a community, being in relationship with people in the community, you have the ability to have a better connection with what needs really exist. Yeah. Uh, I think one thing I wanted to hit on here that I, I think kind of ties back to everything we've been talking about is just the idea of relationship mm -hmm. and building that relationships. Cause I can get like examples of things that, that house churches that I've been a part of in the past that I think have been really beneficial and maybe not so beneficial, um, beneficial, a house church that I was part of for a long time. And we, we volunteered one night a month at a, a uh, it's called the, the children's home here in Northern Kentucky. And it's a basically a, I honestly still don't understand exactly what they do, but it's essentially a, a temporary child care place for, for kids who haven't been officially taken out of their homes, like into foster care. Um, but who for, te for temporary reasons have been taken out of their home and maybe for, for weeks or months need a place to stay and need to be taken care of. And, um, so these kids go and live at this, this home, um, or this facility. And so we would go up one night a month, play sports with the kids, um, in the summer, you know, go out and, and toss football. We do crafts with them and then we do a little teaching. You know, we don't, to be honest, we don't have any specific example of, you know, this amazing story where one of these kids became a believer and is now in, you know, in some other part of the world sharing the gospel. But I believe we built real relationships there. We had conversations with people, uh, maybe a, a different kind of flip side example of that, of, of something that I think Generally, and I don't want to set rules on this, but generally something I would caution against is something where you're maybe giving financially or giving physically to something, but not building any relationship, mm -hmm. I think is is maybe not the best use of time. So we have um, the house church that I, I used to be a part of before my wife and I moved, uh, had a firehouse right down the street. And we kind of had this vision of, hey, on you know one, one of our gatherings a month, we'll cook dinner, take it to the firehouse. You know, the, these firemen are giving up, you know, probably more lucrative jobs, giving up evenings with their family to protect our community. We'll go up, we'll pray with them. We'll spend some time talking to them. Um, so we started doing that. You know, we would cook up a huge thing of pasta, pasta sauce, take it up to the firehouse. And we very quickly realized 
it wasn't there wasn't really an opportunity there you know we we were dropping off the food many times the firehouse was empty because they were out doing training or drills never talked to anyone literally would go into an empty room sit the food there and then you know we assumed they ate it when they came came back from whatever training and really never had the opportunity to build any sort of relationship or even share with them why we were doing what we were doing and so you know we we pretty quickly realized hey this isn't we're not really living on mission here like we could keep doing this just to check a box Mm -hmm. um but there's not really, we're not having any opportunities to share Jesus with these firefighters. We're just giving them a meal. And sure, you could you could stretch it out. And the reason I don't want to put any rules on this is because you hear these crazy stories about like, oh, for 10 years, someone dropped off food at my house and took care of my family. I never knew who they were, <laughs> but all of a sudden I became a Christian. So I don't right, right. I don't want to say that if, if, if you're called to do something like that, do it. Right. Like if you know that That's God's good. calling you to yep. that, definitely do it. But generally speaking, I would just encourage share a mission in a way that you're building relationships with people while you're meeting their needs. You know, you looking back at Jesus, he would meet people's physical need and also their spiritual need. He wouldn't just do one or the other. He wouldn't go up to a blind man on the side of the road and and ignore his blindness and say, become a Christian. Yeah. You know, or or I guess he didn't use those exact words, but he wouldn't just say, follow me. He would heal them. Right. And then say, follow me in the same note. He wouldn't just heal their physical need and then just be like, cool, glad you can see and walk away. He would also call them to, to leave their life of sin and to follow him. Right. And so I think it's important that as a general rule, we look at the opportunity when we're all living on mission to do both, to meet, meet a need physically. Maybe, and maybe it's not even about meeting a physical need, but if we are meeting a physical need, also having the opportunity to build right. a relationship and, and meet that spiritual need. And that takes time too. It's like, you know, and I think about that, think about Jesus' example in John chapter 1 verse 14, he says, referring to him again as the word, and the word dwelt among us. Like he tabernacled, like he he set up home here for a, for a while, you know, to live among the people and to build relationships, you know, with people. So, I mean, Jesus, it's not until really 30 years in that we really get this full ministry of Jesus, but for 30 years, he was living among the people, going to school and all of that. So, I think, you know, we need to slow down a little bit in the sense of just, and not devalue just being present in a neighborhood, building relationships with people at work, getting to know their names, being being their pastor, if you will, in time of need, and, and but yet also being bold with the spirit and just being willing to say, Hey man, there's something on my heart. I want to talk mm-hmm. to you about that. I think you, that I know you need, and it's a relationship with Jesus. And so sharing mission, it just, it has a lot of different forms, but it comes down to helping someone understand the gospel, the good news of Jesus and become a follower and, and then inviting them to become a follower of Jesus and his teachings. Um, and so there's a lot of different forms that that takes, but it is a practice of the church. Yeah. Without a doubt. Jesus, go make disciples. All right. In Acts chapter one, go be my witnesses in, in, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, other parts of the world. So anyway, that's a practice for sure that, w- that we live, seek to live out as a house church, as a family of house churches, a living church, that any and every church corporately mm-hmm. should be living out and should be holding their people to yes. living out as well. Absolutely. So I want to take that to jump into our last practice um, of sending. And I want to go about this one a little bit differently. And so I'm just going to kind of, because I think this one is, is a little bit easier to grasp practically, but the why behind it may have more questions of why we do it this way. So, you know, jump in here, but I'm just going to say, what does sending look like in a house church? It looks like as disciples are made, as house churches grow, 
we don't just grow bigger and bigger and bigger and explode the walls of a house. We send people out to start new house churches. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as naturally as a house church grows, you know, in, in my specific house church in Independence, Kentucky, our desire is that that will grow. And, and probably eventually as God reaches people, we'll have people coming to that house church that are no longer in our subdivision. But the goal would be that as it continues to grow, rather than them continuing to drive to our subdivision, someone there would be called by God to pastor. And then they would leave our house church and start their own house church in their subdivision. And then they would see that grow. And that's, that's how we see it spread. Um, church planting is kind of a more traditional way to talk about this. Mm-hmm. So I think kind of the, the practical, probably people listening to this podcast understand the idea of, of, of planting churches and people leaving the church they're a part of to go start a new one. Um, I think where I want to come at this a little bit differently from a house church perspective why do we do that? If we have someone who's effectively teaching, if we have a community that's effectively sharing life together and that people want to be with and it's growing and growing and it's obviously something's going right there, right? Like if, mm-hmm. if, if your house church is growing, you can be, you know, hopefully be confident that God's using that and that, that, that you're doing well. Um, why would we, we multiply? Why would we not keep growing? Why would we not eventually, oh, oh, we don't fit in my house anymore. We're going to go rent a building. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we don't fit in that building anymore. We're going to go buy a building. Well, this guy's a great teacher. Let's start streaming him mm-hmm. to the next city over. Um, what is our motivation for planting new house churches instead of taking the ones that are working and just making them bigger and bigger? Yeah, I think that's that's a great question, and and I think there's several thoughts to that. One is uh, it's biblical. <laughs> um, I Mic think. Drop. Just yeah, I mean, Paul. You know, <laughs> I would I would counter that with, well, then why didn't Paul just set up shop in a city and just invite everyone, sure. rent out a big building, and get everybody there? Because Paul was a great evangelist, right? Mm-hmm. And and or, or Jesus for that matter, you know, and get everybody to come. And and there were moments of that, but. It seems like, you know, the Spirit obviously gives different people different gifts that, you know, as a pastor, shepherd, I'm responsible for equipping them to use those gifts um, in, in, in the way that God has designed them to be used. And so, you know, for one, it's not biblical to do that because it seems to be that not only do we see this practice, this practice of being sent um, Jesus himself, right, was sent, mm-hmm. but then we see his disciples being and living sent, and then we see churches sending disciples. Mm-hmm. All right, so th- you see this pattern of continuing to be sent, and as a result of that, you see this movement happen within the first century where church, the church is exploding, right? You, and, and where are you going to put three to four, five thousand people? Right there. And I mean, thousands of people are coming to know Jesus, oh, yeah. right? Well, where were they? They were meeting in homes. And then what happens is then, all right, persecution comes, which now they're scattering. And it took scattering to get the gospel out to really achieve Jesus's command, which was to get the gospel out to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world, which is really the flow of the book of Acts. The flow of the book of Acts is gospel in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the of the earth. How did that happen? It happened by the church sending out its own to live like missionaries and sending out and raising up biblically qualified pastors to teach and lead these this movement of churches. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, one, it's I would say it's biblical is why we do it, and two, it's how we best accomplish the mission for getting the gospel and making disciples of all nations. 
So that that's a second for, for how I just described, right, that we mm-hmm. see in the first century. Third is it multiplies um, gifts. It gets people to understand, to use their gifts for accomplishing the mission. You know, because you have, I think of Paul and Timothy, the situation with Timothy. Paul shows up, Timothy's hometown, meets with the church there. Some of the Christians are like, man, have you ever checked out Timothy? Timothy's got some potential. I think he should travel with you, Paul, and maybe be part of your mission. And so Timothy travels with Paul. Eventually, Timothy ends up pastoring the church at Ephesus. And so they're identifying Timothy as someone who has pastoral potential. And then Paul releases Timothy to be a pastor and pastoring either one house church in Ephesus or actually overseeing multiple house churches in Ephesus. So one, it's biblical. It's how we best accomplish the mission for getting the gospel into multiple neighborhoods in our city or community or to the nations. It uses different people's gifts. There are pastors sitting in our church buildings every week. Mm -hmm. They just don't know it. Yep. They don't think they can pastor because... They've never been to Bible school or seminary, and they don't think they can get up there and do what their pastor's doing. But they have a burden to see people saved. They have a burden to teach God's word. They have the burden to shepherd, and they have the biblical character for pastoring mm-hmm. a church, and they can teach the word. They And so, why we do this is because it uses those gifts of pastor-shepherd, and it raises them up. To be to 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 be sent to continue to live the mission and multiply churches, which gets the gospel and saturates cities with the gospel. So those are some of the reasons. It's biblical. Um, it accomplishes the mission of getting the, the the gospel to the nations. It uses people's gifts, mm-hmm. right? It, it 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 identifies the pastor leaders and sends them out. So there's multiple reasons why we do it that way. But those are just several, and maybe I'm missing some that I'm just not. Yeah, I think coming to mind. One other thing I want to hit on is is because I think this this is kind of a good way to start wrapping us up for the day. Mm-hmm. Is that as churches grow larger and larger, by their very nature, it's harder to know the individual needs within the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everything we've talked about today of sharing life, sharing the word in that intimate setting where everyone through the spirit has a chance to contribute sharing mission in ways that really meet the needs mm-hmm. of those around you. That happens better as more churches are planted versus one church are growing bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, it's all comes back to that idea of relationship and that if I'm in a real relationship with someone, I'm going to know, I'm going to really be able to share life with them, not just in a superficial way of we were both part of the intramural basketball league or whatever, but I'm actually know them. And I, I can laugh with them when they laugh. I can cry with them when they cry because I actually know them. You can't, if you have a church of 500 people, it would be chaos if you just let everybody speak up anytime they had a thought on the teaching. Right. Um, it, it sets up the, uh, that intimate gathering. Um, and then mission, you know, we just talked about if you actually know people, if you actually know the community you're in, if your church is made up of people in that community, you all have more invested in the community to go out and meet the needs and to share the gospel and the not, I mean, I know it ultimately goes back to Jesus, you know, uh, growing the seeds that are planted, but you know how to best plant the seeds, you know, the soil mm-hmm. of your community. And so I think that that kind of all is wrapped up in that of, of that focus on people and relationships just naturally happens better when you actually know everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I also think we would be remiss to, to leave out. It's hard. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, it's easy for us to have this conversation and sound so excited and this is right. all so yeah. great, but if those relationships are working well and everybody's having a great time and you're coming together in someone's house and then all of a sudden, Hey, this person's called to pastor and these three people who live in their neighborhood are going with him. That yeah. kind of hurts sometimes. It absolutely does. You're it's, it's a, for us, we've seen it happen. It's, it's the most bitter, bitter and the most sweet thing because you're so excited because God's moving and the stuff that we have these conversations about all the time, we're actually seeing played out. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're part of that that original house church, you're losing people you love dearly, and you're not losing relationship with them. You know, you we all have cell phones; we can send the text, but but you are losing something. Your your yeah. group is going to get a little smaller. There's going to be needs that that person was really good at meeting because they had the gifts, right? That now are going to be void for a little bit and require, but they require someone else to step up and use their gifts. Absolutely. Um, so I just think it's important yeah, to say, you know, good. we can sit here and sound all excited about this, but it is it's bittersweet. Yeah, it's at ha- times. It, I remember somebody say, sending is hard but healthy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so right. It is super hard because you've been in relationship with these people for so long. But yet, the problem is, I think in church, is that we don't do the sending. And I would say that the sending piece of these practices is what makes what we do different from like a small mm-hmm. group in a lot of ways. Yeah. The mission and the sending piece. But that's what you see happening in the church. Jesus said, go and make, the, he sent his disciples. He said, just as a father sent me, so now I'm sending you. And, and so, this is the piece that's super hard, but very healthy. One of the greatest things I think any church could do is to send people out to start another church, right? Because it didn't, it's not about you. Your whole vision and mission is about who do we need to reach that needs mm-hmm. Jesus. And so, I think that's so important to keep in mind. And you're right. This is this All this stuff we're talking about sounds nice and clean. And man, it's messy. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Relationships are hard. And they're messy and they're complicated. But man, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful to see how the Spirit moves and what, and what the Spirit does when God's people, when this these community of followers of Jesus are sharing the Word together, sharing life, sharing mission, and then even sending one another out to get the gospel out in new neighborhoods or different places on, in, the, in the city or even in, or around the world. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to wrap it up today. Uh, I think in the in future question mark episodes, we're going to get even more into the weeds of you know what specifically does the the leadership structure look like, you know, with if you have a bunch of different pastors coming together as a network of house churches, how do you deal with, you know, what are those core beliefs that are are necessary to be part of the living church network versus what are some things that maybe we we even as different pastors kind of disagree on, and that's okay, right? Um, but for today, I think that's a good place to wrap up. And I didn't tell you this, but I I thought a fun way to end these episodes could be with like a recommendation um so you know could could be related to what we talked about today could be just a good resource or book you've read could be something just totally unrelated mm-hmm. and fun you want to throw out to people listening um but i'll let you think for a second i'll go first since okay. i just sprung this good. on you mine would be i mentioned i've uh, my wife and i recently started watching the chosen uh, if you're not familiar the chosen is a tv show um about the life of Jesus and um, you get it through an app. Uh, it's kind of based on an app and then you can stream it if you have like a Chromecast or Roku or whatever. Um, but it's just like, it's different than any <laughs> Jesus entertainment I've ever watched before in the sense that it's not, and I'll, I'll clarify this. It's not strictly following scripture in the sense that it's not, you know, the old Jesus movies where they have the actual chapter verse in the corner of the screen and it's going verse right. by verse. It's not, it's not the passion of the Christ where it's all just about kind of that one moment in history. It's, it's really 
taking a look at, and they, they say this very clearly. If you like kind of read about the backstory their their goal was never to be a hundred percent. Here's exactly what scripture says. And we're putting it on a screen. Their goal was to never contradict scripture, never, um, never, never say anything that would go against what is said in scripture, but to kind of take what we know about the character of Jesus and take some of the specific stories and show them to us in a way that, that our modern minds can really relate to. And so for, for example, you know, the the very beginning of the first couple episodes, take a look at um, Mary Magdalene and how, and Jesus encounter with her and, and, and healing her of demon possession. You know, I know for me, that was extremely powerful. Like I, when I've read about, you know, Jesus healing people who are demon possessed, I've always just viewed it as, oh, there was this crazy guy out in a field spouting off about nothing because he was possessed by demons and Jesus walked by, said a few things and he was better. But I never really considered what it was like to be that person who was mm. possessed by demons, all the hardship and pain that that caused them, maybe physical, maybe the, the, the fact that they were an outcast in their community, the fact that people didn't want to be around them. And that's what this really does. You know, we don't hear a lot about Mary Magdalene in scripture before she met Jesus. Right. But we know that she was possessed by demons. And so this show then goes in and takes a whole episode essentially to look at what was it like to be Mary Magdalene before she met Jesus. And then what that does is it shows you what Jesus really did for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, I mean, I've only, I'm only four or five episodes in, but I would highly recommend you check that out. No, it's good. Um, I think it's a great, I love it. I love the resource idea. A couple of things come to my mind and we're, I'm going to... Um, self-promote here and that's not never a good thing but the when it comes to what is a house church like what we've been talking about if you go to our church website living-church.com go under house churches everything pretty much that we just described today is 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 listed there if you're wondering what is a house church um in more of a thirty thousand foot view as far as you know what is a house church what does a house church do these four practices so that would be one place to go just if you kind of want a recap of the things that we've talked about today but as far as a resource goes one of the first books that i read in this journey of of just living on mission and what is called the the tangible kingdom by hugh halter and man i read this book and it was like when I when I was reading it, it was as if someone had put words to my heart hmm. and what I was thinking and experiencing as as a follower of Jesus. So that would be a, a, a book to read, and then another one would be uh, Letters to the Church by Francis Chan. Hmm. So those are three different resources that come to my mind as it, as it comes to just if you okay, what do I do with all of this? You know, how do I? So it, it, Tangible Kingdom is more personal. And Letters of the Church is probably more structural in the sense of just what house church is and can look like. Uh, so those are some thoughts that that come to mind. Awesome. Well, I think that does it. Yeah. Um, only ninety minutes later. Yeah, we're good. yeah. And, um, and I know, like, typically in these right in in these podcasts, I want, for those of you listening, we want to throw it out. Right? What's something that sticks from the from today? There's been a lot of stuff shared in this question mark episode. So thank you for hanging in with us. But what's something? Maybe it's a practice. Maybe um, practice personally that you just. You know, the spirits bring into your heart to say, man, I just have not been sharing mission or maybe God's stirring in you to pastor a house church and you need more info on that, man, please reach out to us. And we'd love to come alongside and encourage you in that way. Uh, I don't know, but, but I want you to grab a hold of something from today's episode and think through that and, 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 and just what is it that the spirits bring to the surface to your heart and, and to your thoughts as it relates to what can I do with this? What's it look like for me to take some of the things that we've talked about in this episode and, and, and put those into practice and in my own life? Um, 
So yeah, thanks for hanging in with this future episodes. I'm looking more to this. Well, I know one of the question people say, well, what's a typical house church meeting look like? And we're going to tackle that too in the future. But the the foundation I think was really laid well today and, and it's needed and necessary. So just for, for the record, we were planning to do that today and clearly we <laughs> talked too much. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, again, like, I mean, there's, this is foundational and I think again, it's biblical, it's right, it's good, it's healthy. Um, and, and so what we're talking about today, these aren't Mark Jones's ideas. These aren't Joseph Tickens' ideas. We're just trying to be as true to Scripture as we see and as we mm-hmm. read. And we're just trying to be like what we say with Living Church, uh, what, what would it look like to be a, a first century church in the 21st century? Yep. That's, that's what we're going for here because we see the Spirit of God taking the church in the first century and just exploding it and getting the gospel to the nations. And that's what we want. We just want the lo- the hope of Jesus to be made known and people's lives to be transformed by the gospel. That's, that's why we're doing this. Absolutely. Well, yeah, thanks for joining us. And uh, like we said, we have some plans for the next conversations, but we really want to answer questions that yeah, you have great. in these episodes. So, so please send those in if you have them. Um, and, and we'll, prioritize those over our own ideas because that's really the point of this so yeah um yeah that's all we got that's great and thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in today let me let me let me uh close our time in prayer uh god thanks for meeting with us today i thank you for those who are listening um lord i just pray that um you would just take some of the things that we we, we said today and and just impress them upon people's hearts lord maybe um for those that maybe they just have gotten maybe lazy in in the mission, uh, use today as a way to just kind of encourage and, and move them to, to, to have a neighbor over or to have a conversation or to just listen, uh, Lord, to, to someone who, who th- at work that maybe has a need. And, and would you give them by your spirit boldness and courage to speak the truth of the gospel uh, to that person? Lord, you want us to listen, but you also call us to speak. And so may uh, may our, our our speech be seasoned with grace and 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 seasoned with salt, Lord, in the way that um, Lord the flavor uh, just draws people to you, and and causes them to see their need for you, Lord. Be with those Christians who are just really thinking through what's this look like for me. Give them clarity, Lord. Give them discernment. Thank you for Joseph and just the opportunity to have conversation today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening and joining us in the living room today. If you found today's conversation helpful, pass it along. You can find episodes of our Living Room Podcast conversations at living-church.com or anywhere you find podcasts that matter. Until we meet again here in the Living Room, make much of Christ, make disciples living the mission of Christ, and multiply churches for the glory of Christ.